Welcome to the Confessions of a Group X Instructor Podcast. For group exercise junkies and enthusiastic classgoers, we'll explore and uncover authentic, thought-provoking, and heartwarming industry education and inspiration from entertaining, badass fitness pros. And now your host, creator of Warrior Rhythm, Warrior Strength, Warrior Combat, and Warrior Kids Group Fitness Brands, Ellen DeWord. Here we grow. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with you today, right now, wherever you are, in your car, in your kitchen, in your living room, whatever you're doing, walking on a treadmill, laying in bed, trying to fall asleep, trying to wake up. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your precious time with me. In fact, today, we're going to talk about where group fitness instructors should consider investing time and energy. Now, we know group fitness instructors don't necessarily make a ton of money teaching classes. So, you know, we've got to really think about where do we want to spend our money and time. So let's dive in. These, This list I've put together for you is not necessarily in any kind of order, meaning it's not from most important to least important. It's just kind of the order in which things came to me. First, you should invest in professional photography. If you don't have the budget for it, consider finding a, an amateur photographer, someone, maybe someone from your classes, maybe someone from your church, maybe your neighbor, someone who's an aspiring photographer, someone that wants to practice so they can get good, so that they can become a photographer, have them practice on you. If you can hire one, hire a professional photographer. This is like the best way you can instantly level yourself up. Unfortunately, we are pretty fickle, judgmental creatures, meaning we um we make we make we make quick subconscious assumptions and judgments of people. It's often based on how they look or how they present themselves, how they carry themselves. This absolutely happens with our photos we use. So starting with your profile picture, this should be a professional or semi-professional photo of you. It should be also, I'm going to get on a slight little quick tangent. It should be a headshot. Headshot meaning you can still see a little bit above your head. So don't crop your hair or forehead in your headshot. And it should go to the middle of your chest or slightly below your chest, showing your shoulders. That's like a classic headshot. This should be professional. This should be your profile picture across your platforms with your name. Don't get me started. That's a different episode altogether. Stick to the point professional photos. So I remember like I've been teaching in this community here in Eugene, Oregon for like going on 24 years. And there's, you know, good fitness instructors are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And we have quite a few here in this town. Some that work for me, some that work for other places in town. And there's a gal who has not ever been in my immediate like orbit. Like she's never worked for me or we've never taught at the same club, but I've seen her, like we're acquainted. I know of her and, you know, have observed her over the years, kind of, I guess, but actually she didn't really catch my attention until all of a sudden I started seeing professional photos and I sat up a little taller. I opened my eyes a little wider. I read a little bit deeper. 
on her post. I was a little bit more interested and I was like, what? Who? Huh? What is happening here? What's going on? And it wasn't just her headshots. It was body shots. So, uh, it's really important to also have some body shots that are professional and fitness. So this could be anything from you sitting on the floor, doing a hamstring stretch to kettle, whatever your modalities are, yoga, weightlifting, cycling, whatever it is, some like fitnessy shots that show your whole body. And she started, you know, over the course of the last few years, three, four years now, consistently peppering into her normal posts and pictures and videos, professional ones. And she went from looking like a, eh, you know, decent instructor in town to a boss, to a fitness leader in this community. And that's how she did it. <sighs> Next, everyone should invest in a group fitness emergency bag. Like a little bag. Mine's a fanny pack. Mine's a fanny pack from Lululemon. And I have in my little Lululemon fanny pack all the emergency things I would need in an emergency group fitness situation with tech. And I do travel a lot and I'm often teaching at studios and places that I've never been to before. Uh, so I don't necessarily know what they have in their drawer or if the batteries are charged or if they have a, long, a cord or whatever or Bluetooth. So I try to bring a whole bunch of stuff. I have a windscreen in there. I have a ne I have my belt pack, you know, the neoprene um, thing for the mic transmitter. And then I have um, a dongle, a.k.a. an adapter uh, in case they don't have Bluetooth. I also have a long aux cord with a, a 3.5 millimeter. That's the little teeny one that goes into your dongle or into your phone or into your computer. And I have a long one, like 15 feet with a female end and a male end. And I like this because I like to have my phone on my mat. When I teach, I like to be able to see, I like to be able to just have it there. And I know if I used an Apple watch or whatever, I could just manipulate things, things from my wrist, but I don't like to wear stuff on my wrists. That's just me and all my tattoos. I don't want to cover them up. I don't want watches on my body. So I would rather have a long aux cord. So I have my cords. I've got my windscreen. I have my uh, extra batteries. I have lipstick in there. I like to wear lipstick when I teach. Uh, it's not so much a vanity thing, although there's that too. <laughs> uh, it's because I want people in the back row to see me smiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can see, I want to, I really, really want to smile a lot when I teach and I want people to see it and I and feel it. And so just lipstick gives a little bit of contrast, uh, to the ladies out there listening. So I'm a big fan of teaching in, a, in a bright lipstick. Yeah. Tampons, whatever you want in there. Money. It is your group. Maybe you need an EpiPen. I don't know. <laughs> Have a group fitness emergency bag in your stuff. Liability insurance is another one. May or may not be for you. Do the research. If you're a warrior instructor, we have not only resources for you to figure out if liability insurance is something you might want or might need, but we also offer an incredible discount with an amazing uh, liability insurance provider 
uh, insure fitness group. Uh, so, but liability insurance might be for you, especially if you are an, absolutely, if you're an independent contractor and if you're someone who wants to be a community leader and you're doing events, you know, in the park or at your local Athleta, Fabletics, Lululemon, whatever, um, you know, beer garden, winery, uh, you want to make sure you're protected. So that's something worth investing in, potentially, uh, depending on your situation. Uh, but in general, I highly recommend it. Education. <sighs> this probably should have been it. If I, if I would have put these in order, this probably would be at the top of the list. You should invest in your education. And I'm an enormous fan of primary group fitness certifications because they hold us kind of perpetually accountable to getting continuing education credits so that we really just can't stagnate. Because we do, we, we just like, like once we're good, it's really easy to just like assume we're good and to lose perspective. And that's a pitfall. That is a pitfall because there's always new young instructors coming up with blue flame eager. And I think I think us more seasoned instructors uh, need to stay vigilant and sharp and motivated and inspired. And I think sometimes we forget to feed that engine. But if you're continuing to get education, it's hard not to stay inspired. So I, I like that about having a primary. If you don't have a primary, still... There's so many ways to continue to get educated. And when you get a certification, whether it's your primary for the first time or like, you know, maybe you just got your, uh, a specific nutrition cert certification or you, you know, are a yoga practitioner, but then you just added on you, you, your 200 hour uh, registered yoga teacher but then you just added 30 more hours of yin yoga or um, whatever the education is, like um, whatever it is that takes you to the next level. When you get that training, when you do that extra certification or course, you literally, we, we literally, we walk in the room differently. We feel differently about ourselves. We, we have like swagger, like I got that. I, I know more now. <laughs> I've got more credentials. I've got more tools in my tool belt, more words, more knowledge, more inspo. It's huge, you guys. Invest in education. Changes the way you enter a room. Similarly, and in some ways, the same thing, go to conferences. So I didn't, I didn't do this like the normal way. The first time I ever went to a conference, I was presenting. This was for the former company I worked with before I owned my own. So I was a presenter for Beachbody, for Beachbody Live. So the first time I ever went to a conference, I was presenting for Beachbody. And it was amazing. I just had never gone as like a, you know, a consumer, a student, uh, 
a registrant. I don't know. I don't even know what they're called. In Canada, they call them delegates. I know that now because I presented at Canada this year for the first time and they kept talking about delegates. I'm like, what is a delegate? And then I like just kind of did the math and like just like thought about the context. And I'm like, okay, that's a registrant. <laughs> that's a that's someone that is going to be in the room. They call those delegates. Okay. So conferences. So then I you know, in 2020 started my own company warrior and we started presenting on the conference circuit and, uh, cul-de-sac moment. The most incredible thing happened. I didn't try to do this. It's truly something that organically happened. We started in Reston, Virginia in 2021. That was our first conference. And we've done so many since then. And it, it's the snowball effect. It's the inertia effect. And this is a tangent from what you should invest in. Well, kind of. It's like a mini tangent. Um, I just want to brag on the Warriors for a second. Like, they just show up in the masses. It just became a thing, like droves of them. The most incredible, and we mostly we were strangers, you know, mostly we were strangers, didn't know each other other than maybe from social media. So anyway, it was very special. Um, so then I, you know, entered the conference circuit back to the main road here as a presenter for my own company. Um, and now I'm at the point where all those like brand new conference presenter uh, jitters and butterflies are at a dull roar. So I'm at a place now when I go present, I make a concerted effort to slip into another presenter's room and watch and learn and observe from them. But conferences are incredible. They are like such a shot in the arm and just like getting another certification or doing uh, additional continuing education, which conferences do provide, they are, uh, that that is a reason to go is to get continuing education. Uh, they're just like so inspiring. You, you go back to your gym like a new instructor on fire again. Okay. We should also be investing in personal growth, personal development, podcasts, books, personal development, business development, personal and business, how to be a better person. Because to be like, your best version of yourself as an instructor. No, you agree with me. It's about connecting to people. Wherever they are in their life. So we have to work on ourselves. We're going to work on our own issues, our own demons. We all have them. What are your issues? What are your issues? What could you put in your ears that could help you? Just be a better person. I got stuff for me. I do. Because if I can be a better person, I can be a better group fitness instructor. I can relate to more people. I can understand people better. 
and throw in some business development too. I like listening to stuff about sales and sales and marketing and business growth because we're also in, in the business of sales. And I don't even mean you're, I'm not even suggesting you're a personal trainer that has to sell. I mean, we're trying to sell our class. We, we want to pack the room. That's sales, even if, you know, even though group fitness is typically complimentary, typically included in membership. I have a tip for you for your business and personal development. My tip is don't think you need to finish. I forever could not, like would not consume podcasts because I just felt like I didn't have the time. I didn't feel like I had enough time to finish it. I'm also someone that like can't stand not finishing a movie. Like I wouldn't want to stop a movie halfway through and finish it the other part the next night. I'd want to watch it all. So I think it's part of my personality. So one day I just gave myself permission to listen to partial podcasts. Just listen. If my drive to work is eight minutes and the podcast is 22 minutes, then just listen to eight minutes of it. If I'm having trouble falling asleep, put in a podcast that, you know, maybe I can start to listen to, put it, change the settings so that it go to sleep after one episode. Just give yourself permission to listen to a little because your brain is still absorbing little tips. All right. We should also invest in our appearance. Yep. I think so. I think it's important. Kind of for some of the same reasons I talked about photography, like we're creating first impressions and all that jazz. But when you look good, you feel good. <laughs> when you look good, you feel good. When you have a new pair of shoes on that you like, it feels good to walk into the room and teach. When you have a new water bottle that's like neon yellow or gold glitter or whatever, that's like so you and you found it at Starbucks or TJ Maxx, it feels good to walk in and teach. Feels good to have a good outfit on, to look your best. So investing a little bit into your appearance, looking your best when you teach and not for as superficial and vain of a reason as you might think, but more because it, 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 um, inspires like an inner, it inspires a confidence. Again, you enter the room differently <laughs> when you get that new certification and when you get that new pair of shoes. Also about appearance, having, um, you know, clean shoes, clean hair, if you spill toothpaste on your shirt before you're going to go teach, <laughs> change your shirt. <laughs> Don't show up to the gym with toothpaste on your boob. Uh, a branded merch. So if you're representing a trademark brand, whether it's Zumba or Schwinn or Balatone or a Warrior or Body Pump, if you're representing a trademark it's a good look to represent that brand with their branded apparel. It's a great instructor look. And then different formats have a different look. So I have a different appearance. I have a softer, more feminine, uh, prettier look when I'm teaching warrior rhythm. And I have like a more athletic look 
when I'm teaching warrior strength. And then I have like a tomboy, like gritty, badass look when I'm teaching warrior combat. So I'm not going to wear my yoga pants to teach cycle, you know, and I'm not going to wear my combat, like tomboy, uh, you know, sleeveless hoodie to teach warrior rhythm. So think about like, what is, you know, if you teach a dance class, like, what are you, what are you going to wear that feels like dance to you? You should invest in learning more than just one format. Now, if you're brand new to group fitness, obviously like starting with one is perfect, but I recommend after <clears throat> six months to a year, adding on, do your research, take classes, go to conferences, figure out what you like, and add add to your repertoire. And I, I think there's a sweet spot for instructors kind of between the two, three, and four format range. If you try to be, if you try to teach five bajillion formats, you become what I like to call the Swiss army knife. You are a jack of all trades, master of none. Think about that Swiss army knife. You know, it's got a little screwdriver on it. It's got like a little toothpick on it. It's got a little pair of scissors. I don't know what else it has. A Phillips head. It's got a bunch of little things on it. I think it has a bottle opener, but it's like not awesome at any of those things. Like it's not an awesome pair of scissors. If you need to open a package like from Amazon, is the Swiss Army knife little pair of scissors really going to do the trick? I don't think so. So yeah, it has a lot of things, but is it really good at any of those things? No. So there, we. I want you to go deep, get good at each modality. And then after two formats or three or four, cut it off. And I think it depends on the person and their lifestyle and their bandwidth and their talent. And I think it depends on a lot. So I don't want to give you a certain number, but if all you ever teach is one format, it's not good for your body. You are more apt to risk overuse injury. If you're always doing the same thing, of course, we know this. You're also more apt to get burnt out. I love my mix of what I do. It's literally perfect. I have my strength training and my cardiovascular training, my high impact for my bone density. I have all that with warrior strength, with warrior rhythm. I'm getting my balance and my flexibility. And uh, I should have mentioned mobility with warrior strength. I'm getting um, in warrior combat, the highest heart rate, my poor, bless my poor little heart in warrior combat. It's the hardest thing I do all week. Um, a coordination, it's just a workout for my brain too. And then with cycle, my cycle classes, my warrior revolution, I am getting that low impact, high intensity cardio. So anyway, that's my sweet spot. It's perfect for my body. Even if my body's fatigued the next day from the class prior, because I'm shifting modalities, it's not overtraining, even if I work hard the next day, because it's using my body and my muscles in such a different way. So invest in slowly 
thoughtfully, diligently adding formats, but not too many. <laughs> oh, let's see. You should invest in, uh, I'm calling this banking goodwill. I got that from a book, bank goodwill. I can't remember what book, but I got it from a book, bank goodwill. This is like, there's a few different ways you can do this, but one of them is subbing. Subbing is, subbing does a lot of wonderful things for you as an instructor. It gives you tremendous exposure. If you're a brand new instructor trying to build a presence and build a class community, it is like the best thing you could possibly do. Put your best class together you could ever dream of and sub every chance you get. And people will come up to you after class and say, when do you teach? I love you. <laughs> Where are you on this schedule? People that would never see you, never meet you, never go out of their way to try your class because they don't know who you are. And they like to be stuck in, you know, they people like to, they like routine as they should. Routine's great for fitness. They're not going to break routine and meet you. You have to sub. And that is like the best thing. Plus it banks goodwill with your colleagues and your fellow instructors. If you sub for people, they owe you one. <laughs> they owe you one. They're going to say yes to you when you need a sub. It's just that reciprocity and do unto others thing. You can also bank goodwill with your supervisor, your manager, the owner of your company. You guys, I've been overseeing instructors for so many years. And it it's like, a, like in a few different buckets, primarily these days, my staff of amazing instructors at the Downtown Athletic Club of Eugene and all my warrior instructors, but specifically my warrior master trainers actually like work for me. And you'd be surprised how rare it is when for someone to tell me I'm doing a good job. It's just like, oh, what? to get a text or a phone call or a note and people do. So I would say like, mm. and my staff loves me and my master trainers love me. It's, we are good. We're like a well-oiled machine with so much love. That's not what I mean though. I mean, taking that extra few minutes to reach out to your boss, your manager, your supervisor, the owner of the club, whoever it is, and really expressing gratitude and awareness of what they do for you to be able to do what you love. It's just, a, um, it's rarer than you think. And so be that person be that person. I do. I, I don't own the downtown athletic club of Eugene. I'm just the group fitness manager there. And I remind myself what I'm saying to you. And I thank the owner. If he, if, if he buys everyone lunch for a supervisor meeting, I make sure that I send a thank you note after. And I don't just take it for granted that there was lunch provided during that meeting. And 
maybe that's not the best example, but there's examples that I would love to share with you of warrior master trainers or that reach out to me and acknowledge my contribution. And so, so, so be that employee, be that person. So bank good will. All right. Do community service. That's also a form of banking, goodwill or karma, if you may. Uh, offer free classes to your community. Uh, it's a great thing to invest time and energy into. Invest in the apps that you use. <laughs> So I don't even I hesitate to give you examples because it'll probably, it'll just totally date this, but I guess I will. Like when I started doing Instagram and stuff like that, I think, and it was trying to build a brand for myself and be like a fitness person, um, like a, you know, a resource, a go-to person. Um, I, we, those apps were like pick, play, post. You remember pick, play, post or pick collage. Remember those? Remember when we did collages all the time and put like neon little borders around everything? Oh my gosh. I went through a phase of so many collages with neon borders and words all over the post. Anyway, it's important, I digress, to pay for your apps instead of always doing the free version. Once you know you love an app, so right now there's like a few different real um, apps that help me make reels, you know, short form video. And make sure you pay for them because it'll allow you to remove their watermark. You don't want to be branding, you know, cup, cap, what's it called? Cap cut. <laughs> I've just been thinking of one that I have seen lately. You don't want to be advertising for their brand. You want to advertise you, you're the brand. So pay for the apps, remove the watermark. If you have your own logo or whatever, you can add yours. You're the brand. So that's an, an important investment. It might be $5 a year. It might be a one-time $1.99 purchase. It might be $40 a year, but pay for your apps. It makes a difference. Invest in finding a mentor or mentors and paying that forward. Invest in mentoring. How do you know if you have a good mentor? What does that person look like? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they look like. A good mentor is someone that you genuinely respect. You really do look up to them. Someone you admire a lot. And that you know you could learn from. That's half of it. The other half is that person loving you enough or caring about you enough to be really honest with you. I've had some of those people. People that have sat me down and had hard conversations with me because they thought I could do better than I was doing. And they were right. Hard conversations, conversations that embarrassed me, 
because I, I felt embarrassed. I've had, I've had a, um, a mentor talk to me about the pitch of my voice being annoying, high pitched. And it was, thank God she told me. Thank God she told me so that I could work on that because our voice is like the most powerful instrument. And if she hadn't have told me, I wouldn't have known it was a blind spot. I didn't know I was high pitched and annoying. <laughs> so I worked on that for a long time. And now that's one of my skills is voice modulation, creating a journey, creating emotion through a textured vocal toolbox only because someone cared enough to be really honest and tell me that I sounded annoying. <laughs> I've learned that it is truly loving to share feedback with someone you care about because you want them to be better and you believe in them. It's so intimate to share feedback. It's something that I have become good at because I value it so much. And in every single hard conversation I've ever had, every single one, the end result is greater connection with that person. Actually, either direction, whether I was on the receiving end of it or whether I'm on the giving end of the feedback, it, it results in greater intimacy, greater connection, greater trust. And I've told girls everything from like, you know, spit the gum out of your mouth. It doesn't look professional. Everything, little things, big things, all kinds of things. So mentoring and being mentored is something that we need to be investing time and energy into. And if you're listening to this right now and someone's not coming to mind on either end of that, hand up or hand down, mentoring you or you mentoring someone, if you don't have a couple of faces coming to mind, then, then, then that's your project. That's your takeaway. All right. You should invest in some brainstorm time to become a better cure. I remember when I was going through my 200 hour yoga instructor training and um, I remember we took time in one workshop, like I don't remember how long, but we took time to brainstorm verbs, verbs that we could use in cueing. Drizzle. Engulf. Revolve. Shine. Draw. Sprinkle. Those are some verbs. Can you think of some cues? So that we're not always saying lift that chest. Drop those hips. Twist to the right. But that we're getting a little more creative 
artful in our verbiage. I'm going to read some of those again. Drizzle your fingertips up your shin. Revolve your rib cage up towards the sky. Shine your big, beautiful heart forward. Draw a big circle with your kneecap. Sprinkle your fingertips on the floor next to your hips. So take some time to brainstorm you. How can you be unique? How can you say things differently? We do assimilate to the people we look up to, we admire, and that's great. We, we, that's normal. When we're attracted to people and we like the way they teach and we like who they are, it's normal to like start sounding like them and mimicking their mannerisms. And that is fine. And that is fine. But the next level is finding your own little idiosyncrasies and foibles and unique little, find your mannerisms, say your weird things. Like I say, often in class, I say dimmler. It's just a family word that where we can combine the words different and similar and find your own little things, your own little ways, but take time to brainstorm new cues. Take time, if you've been teaching the same format for a long time, take time to think about ways you could describe it differently or describe how you're feeling in a pose or position or move differently. Think also about brainstorming your style. Like I went through a phase where I always wore like a Clipton flower in my hair every day, every class I had a flower in my hair, like one of those fake ones that you get at like Claire's jewelry. And I also at that same time was always wearing like booty shorts and knee high socks and a flower in my hair. I don't know. Often I had two braids in during that era of my life. Anyway, it was weird. I don't know, but I was different. I like had my little different style and today my style has evolved and is different today. But um, that's something to think about along with when we talked about earlier, your wardrobe and your look and your photography, like what is your vibe and what do you want to present to the world? <sighs> also, invest time in videotaping yourself. I know there are people in our lives when we teach classes uh, that maybe don't want to be captured in video. I know that we encounter that. So, uh, and of course, you know, I want you to, of course, uh, follow the rules and expectations of your facility. Maybe there's no videography allowed at all, but you can set up your camera where it doesn't show anyone. Um, you can also um, really politely um um, let the people know who don't want to be videoed know that there's safe places in the room to go. But but videotaping yourself is something that we have to be investing our, into because that is where we do see our idiosyncrasy, our our like um, ticks, our verbal ticks, our bad form, our um, you know we just get to see how we come across because we can look objectively. Hopefully, it's hard, but look objectively back at yourself and give yourself feedback. Put in the reps. My oldest son does jujitsu and 
was just talking to me like last week about how um, he would just watch video of every single practice over and over and over and over and over. And if he would get submitted in jujitsu, he would like literally be able to like figure out how to get out of it. And he was explaining that it expedited his expertise exponentially. Sorry for all the alliteration that was not planned, but I did like it. <laughs> I love alliteration. <sighs> um, so quickly. So videotape yourself. Try to have an objective eye when you look back at yourself. So that's something really important to invest time in doing. Um, also like curating content so you can promote your classes and share some reels and share some footage is also a great investment of your time and energy. All right, we're getting close. We are getting close. This is really the last point. Invest in networking, in building bridges. You never, ever, ever, ever know who in your life right now is going to like be a stepping stone into somewhere you might want to go somewhere someday. I can't tell you how many times in my life someone I didn't expect paved the way for me to the next thing I wanted to do networking. You can do that at conferences. You can do that on the internet. You can do that on your social media. You can do that in your own um, community. Um, but really, truly guys, you, you just, it, it is, there's someone in your life right now that's paving the way that will pave the way for the next opportunity. Networking. You never know. I like to end these podcasts with like a confession or I don't know, maybe a tip, maybe a quote. It doesn't have to be a confession, but I already semi-confessed that, well, maybe not fully. My confession is that I was a like serious people pleaser to a fault, to my own detriment, to the detriment of everyone. Like I was basically like a piece of tofu taking on the flavor of whoever was next to me because I wanted them to like me. This disposition, this sweet disposition <laughs> has, like, can be detrimental. For me, it led to a heinous eating disorder, which I'm sure I'll talk to you guys about in gory detail someday. It's on my list. It's on my podcast inspo list. Um, Cause I wasn't ever expressing my feelings. So really I was just vomiting them in a toilet. Um, it, but in a practical way, like I was such a pleaser. I couldn't correct someone's form. If I saw someone doing a horrible deadlift with their spine flexed and a kyphotic posture, I didn't want them to not like me. So I didn't know how to correct their form. I didn't know how to do it. I was stuck. All the way until I, you know, ended up a manager like 
where, you know, managers have to fire people and have, and give feedback and pass along feedback that members give. And so I just really found myself thankfully, so thankfully in a, in a situation, in situations where I just really like needed to learn how to be able to be like, just honest and upfront with people. And so my confession is that this is an area of extreme was an area of extreme struggle in my life, but something that I have proudly overcome. I remember one day, like early in my early, early in my management career, I was trying to get the courage to have a really hard conversation with an employee. And I just was like, my, my blood pressure was up. My pulse was up. I was, my heart was racing and I was hiding in the dark, basically in what we call the junior locker room. It's like a locker room that, that is for like younger kids. And so it doesn't have a lot of activity in there. It's usually, usually vacant. And so I was in there and a lot of the instructors go in there. And one of my friends, one of my instructor friends saw me in there kind of like in this state of trepidation and fear. And I of course did not share the details with her, but I told her I needed to have a hard conversation and I was trying to get the courage to do it. And she said to me, and this has stuck with me forever. This has changed the way I relate to people in such a positive way forever and ever. She just said simply, if you speak from your heart with kindness, you can't mess up that my friends has stuck with me I tell myself that in front of every hard conversation I have if you speak from your heart and you're kind you can't miss and then being armed with that technique, armed with that mindset, I was then able to go on for years and years and years after that conversation into having the courage, strength, and really the love to be able to deliver and also receive <laughs> feedback. And like I mentioned earlier, all it has done is fortified and strengthened and made more beautiful my personal and professional relationships. Thank you so much for listening to my tips on things that are worth investing your time and resources into. Until next time. Thank you for joining in on the Confessions of a Group X Instructor Podcast. If you're interested in becoming a Warrior Rhythm, Warrior Strength, Warrior Combat, or Warrior Kids Instructor, go to warriorinstructors.com. But if you want more and found this episode amazing, please give us a rating. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. So remember, be brave, be bold, be blessed. And above all, listen, learn, love.